also um, just paid my corporation tax. Oh, yeah. Fun. I don't know who you have to pay your tax to, but I have to pay my tax to HMRC Cumbernord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love typing in Cumbernord. Who is Cumbernord? What? <laughs> Cumbernord. It sounds like a detective. Now you said a detective. I am imagining like a 1980s cop show <laughs> that used to be on after Neighbours. There's that sort of two o'clock slot. And it used to be when something like Columbo or Murder, She Wrote would be on. I want to see Cumbernauld. God, I used to love Neighbours. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, did anyone else's mum or dad or other grown-up watch Neighbours twice a day? <laughs> or was that just my house? She would watch it twice a day. And I think partly like reveled in the fact that she knew what was going to happen. Yeah, she knew the cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I see Harold is uh, looking vulnerable by the beach right now. Yeah. Quick, tell Lucy Daniels not to go near that well. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello, yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it, but we start each episode by looking back at the last episode. Last one we were talking about... Uh, it was Laura offering lots of different services in her business and worrying it would be confusing. We're just going to read one comment out this week because it's a long comment, but it's a good comment. So Claire Gallagher got in touch. Claire says, Laura's question really resonates with me. I've added and removed a bunch of smaller services over the years. I reckon a lot of service providers want to be as useful and valuable and accessible as possible. But at some point, as Laura said, it gets confusing and people aren't clear what you actually offer. And then she quotes, the confused mind doesn't buy. I think Donald Miller said that. <laughs> We're not sure, but it's, it sounds wise. Someone right? said it. Creating multiple sites and socials can be a head melter unless you have a team and consistent full night's sleep. Mm. There can be a point where breaking things up into little microservices can be a disservice to clients and also a nightmare to market and sell, especially if they're inexpensive services. Lots of hustle for little return. No, thanks. <laughs> If the copywriting and mentoring services both speak to the same outcome and the overall brand message remains relevant across the board, there'd be no reason you couldn't do both. There's a great book called Built to Sell about productizing your services. You don't actually have to be selling your business. It's about structuring things so that you get to do your best work and get the best results possible for your clients. Excuse me while I belch. Excuse me while I belch. Would you excuse me while I belch? Okay. It's been a while. How the hell are you? It has been a while. Sorry about that, folks. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> we got through half term. You went camping. Yeah, we went camping. Don't go camping when it's forecast to be four degrees overnight. It was glorious during the day, but that first night we, we arrived, it was four degrees. And at 3am, I'm fairly sure I could hear my son's teeth chattering, <laughs> literally. And I almost said to Rob, should we just all get in the car and put the heating on? Blankets, blankets in the future. We, didn't, we didn't have enough. Right. We just didn't have enough. We sourced some additional blankets for the second night and it was fine. And actually, by that point, it was up to like 12 degrees. Tropical. And by the third night, we were too sweaty. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and other than that, I've had a really like admin heavy. Basically, I'm so behind on all my bookkeeping and finance stuff, and I've been putting it off because it's dull. 
and I can't be bothered. What have I told you? So many times, I know. Frankie. What do I tell you? What have I probably said to other people in this podcast on multiple occasions? Ah, Finance Friday. Yeah. Well, I'm, I might have to do it. I think I really should. Or even not once, I don't know, even yeah. twice a week no. would be better than D- what? Twice a week? Sorry. Once every two weeks would be better than what I'm currently Yeah, but if it's every doing. Friday, you remember because it's Friday. Yeah. If Friday, you do it. And then you've only got a couple of bits to do. You know exactly what they are because you've only just done them. You know where the exactly. receipts are because you've oh only just done them. Gosh. Otherwise, you're going, what the hell is this? But why yes. did I spend £12.50 yes. in Cornwall? I've never even been to I Cornwall. I had 300 unexplained transactions on free agent. How many? 300. <laughs> You, here's what happens. As soon as you get a receipt or an invoice, you put it in a folder with uh, the name of that company, so Adobe, for example. And then mm-hmm. in that folder, you give each invoice the date, 220622, mm-hmm. for example. And then at the end of the week, you go in and you upload that and you attach it in your free agent or whatever software you use. Boom, done. Feels good. Feels great the end of the year when you come to do your tax return or your accountant comes to look at it they know exactly what it is sounds so easy it is easy (laughs) just do it i was literally sat on my computer like audibly groaning and swearing (laughs) fuck it (laughs) fuck 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 because it was just it felt it really did feel insurmountable but actually this is not an advert for free agent other accounting software is available but once you get into those like how the system works, you know, I realised I could search for Adobe, select all of those transactions and categorise them all at once rather than do each one individually, for example. So like once you know those little, you know, you know how to use the fucking thing properly. (laughs) (laughs) Revelation, it makes life easier. But, you know, it pays to like educate yourself about how, how to use it. So, yeah. And then I got, I've now got it down to one. Nice. Do you know what that one is, Steve? What? It's my tax payment to HMRC Cumbernault. <laughs> You're kidding! No, no, I'm not. What's this? What's going on? Well, now I'm gonna. Sorry. It's okay. I, I, I'll tell you what has happened. A client, a new client, literally just got them on board, mm-hmm. has sent me a WhatsApp message. Mm-hmm. So I need to nip that in the bud. Yes. Get them back on email. You didn't ask for a WhatsApp message, presumably. No, no, yeah. no, no. But the fact is. I'm going to totally forget that that exists. So now I've got to write it on my to-do list. Can't you just respond and say, can you put that in an email? Well, I've not listened to it, though. Oh, it's a bloody voice note. It's a voice note. Oh, my God. This is like layers of... So I'm not going to listen to it now. Steve, I'm just going to get out my tiny red flag. Hang on. (laughs) 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 Okay, episode 83. Our question comes from Morena Fiore. Her website is morenafiore.com. So it's M-O-R-E-N-A-F-I-O-R-E.com. Hi, Frankie and Steve. I'm a web developer specializing in WordPress and SEO. I'm still fairly new to freelancing and I'm wondering if my client's contract is strong enough. I think I've covered myself for scenarios I've already experienced, but I worry there might still be things I haven't accounted for because I've just not experienced them yet. So my question is, what butt-saving clauses have people got in their client's contracts? Thanks, Morena. But saving clauses, there's a book title. <laughs> yeah, right. First up, we are neither of us WordPress developers. Correct. You know, fine, listen to us two waffling on. Right, because you're here now, may as well. Uh, but I'd, I'd be tempted as well to ask this question in a WordPress mm. community 
or to somebody who you value within that sort of space if that makes sense yes definitely um in case there are technicalities you know just like if i was uh giving advice to an illustrator like illustrators really need tight stuff on like licensing copyright mm. and where licensing yeah so is that our caveat is that that feels like a, <laughs> a butt saving clause <laughs> at the start of this episode yeah <laughs> i think the first thing to say here is she's doing pretty well because if she's new to freelancing and has got a contract i mean that's the first step I mean, I don't, she doesn't say how she sorted that or with whom or whatever. But having something is better than nothing, right? Because I've been freelancing for 10 years and I only sorted mine about 18 months ago. So <laughs> she's already doing better than me. I always feel like a good contract says beyond like the legalese and the clauses, but saving clauses included, it says what it is you're going to do, when you're going to do it, how much you're going to charge and how you're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. But also what's going to happen if shit goes wrong. Yes. Writing a contract and getting the right stuff for your business built in comes down to essentially catastrophizing your life and making a <laughs> list of like worst case scenarios. Because the whole point of it is to protect yourself from those worst case scenarios. So maybe sitting down and going, well, she says already, you know, these are the things that have gone wrong for me that I know I need to protect myself against because I've experienced them. But I need to think about the things that have not yet gone wrong, but I know are an issue in my industry. I know could happen in this type of work that I'm doing. Or if I don't know what those things are, as we mentioned before, speaking to my community of developers or whatever about those common problems and then addressing those within the contract. A lot of it, I think, is about looking for the shit storms and trying to prevent them basically yes. or trying to protect yourself in spite of them so that's what a contract hat would normally have but then obviously there's extensions to that so maybe we should cover areas or topics which we think might make up a butt saving clause yeah like the stuff that from our experience has been the most useful one thing which comes up for me is around timelines and expectations so here's the ultimate deadline, but if we're going to hit a deadline, we need these things from each other to make that happen. So what you need from them, so it might be assets that you need in order to, to continue the build or um, when you need feedback so that you can do revisions so that you can keep it on the timeline. Like That feels like a but, the first butt-saving clause, if you like, because that way, if a timeline is slipping... You can show that you said from the outset, I need these things mm -hmm. by this date. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not my fault. And that may impact on the final delivery, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is one of the things which I've come up against most, in particularly for making videos for big corporate people, is that whole review, feedback, turnaround, final deadline, timelines, that kind of thing. People love to push the blame onto you. Mm. So it feels really good to be able to say, well, no, we agreed right at the beginning that this needs to happen in order for... You this didn't send me the copy till 48 hours before the deadline, so... I refer you to butt saving clause 7.6. Along similar lines, I've had two clients over the years who have paid a deposit to book me in for a job, but never sent me anything. <laughs> Which is, on the face of it, great. But there's always that niggling feeling that they're going to come back and ask for their money back, you know, five, ten years later. 
So now I have a clause in my contract that says, if you don't deliver the assets to start this job within X amount of time of you signing this contract, you're not getting your deposit back. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a good, yeah. But saving clause is around deposits and payments. Well, generally, if you haven't thought about how you're going to charge people and when, when you get your contract written up, it's a fantastic opportunity to do that. And if you don't, if you haven't introduced deposits of some kind, now is the time to do that. The most common is a deposit of some percentage to initiate the project, to book you in, and then they'll pay the rest of the balancing payment before the final work is released to them. But some people also have interim payments. Maybe if it's a really long-term project, they'll have a one that's you know a few months in and six months in, nine months in, whatever. Depends what the kind of work you do. But at the very least, I would say some kind of deposit payment in your contract and the balancing payment and what the terms are around that. And mine very explicitly say, you won't get any high-res design work from me or any final brand assets until you've paid this invoice. Mm. So holding back that work before they show you the money is quite a useful one that might save your butt at some point. Do you know what's going to save your butt? A hemorrhoid cushion. (laughs) My first child taught me that. As an extension, maybe this is a sub-butt clause. (laughs) To to that is, you know, like you might agree a fee for something. What if the project start date is then delayed for ages? Mm-hmm. How long is that fee still your fee? Because basically I could quote for something in January 2022. But if for whatever reason work never begins on that until September 2023, well, my rates may have gone up. My raw materials, depending on what I work in, may have gone up in price. Yeah. If we haven't started work and it's your fault by this point, then my fees may be increasing. Mm. Another but saving subclause to that. Sub-subclause 0.665, sounding like a Star Trek log now, <laughs> is around cancellation mm. and delay fees, kill fees. Yeah, what if they cancel? This mm. kind of links into that deposit, like you mentioned. What if you cancel? Ooh. I'm sure I have a clause in there about um, if I have to cancel a project, because particularly when you've got families and stuff, like there are a million reasons why you may no longer be able to complete that job. Or you booked it in and life has changed and you can't do it. Or you did um, I've had this issue. You discover something about a client that, you know, is at odds with your morals or your own business mm. um, objectives or whatever. And working with them is no longer appropriate for you. And you need a right to get out of it. There are reasons why you might end the job as well. We don't just blindly say yes to stuff and see everything through. Life is more complicated than that. What about an issue around copyright or ownership Mm. of things and stuff like that. If I was a website developer, I would think, well, I'm not responsible for the images that you are using on your website. Ultimately, whatever you are giving me, I'm trusting you that these are okay to use and that you have the right to use them. Likewise, with copy, that is not my responsibility. You have agreed to give it to me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, owning the copyright of images is an absolute classic, particularly as a designer. I get sent images where it's just clearly been ripped from Google. People just don't respect the fact that photographs and illustrations have been created by somebody (laughs) and that you can't just take them off the internet. I mean, I think people are getting more educated about that, but it's still a massive issue. I see it 
all the time. So yeah, I've got a very specific clause in my contract that says any images you send me, you sort out the right to use them. I don't even want to like get into that. You just need to, you know, <laughs> I just need to know that what you're sending me is legally okay for me to use in this brochure or whatever it is that I'm designing. So again, it's like, what's the worst case scenario here? The worst case scenario is I get sued by the owner of the copyright of that photograph. But really, that's not my responsibility because you signed my contract that says it's your responsibility. <laughs> nice. You need something around who has the rights to use what. A good one to add in, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I have this, but around expectations on when you will and won't work, as in a lot of us work in school hours, for example, or certain days of the so week. So boundaries. Boundaries yeah. and communication settings. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. that's good. Yeah. Like my out of office says I work Monday to Thursday during school hours, basically. But you could have that on your contract. I work these days and these times. Outside of those times, I may get back to you. I may not. Also, I have a clause specifically about how I want to be communicated with. We've talked about this so many times in other episodes about how, you know, being clear with clients about how you want information to be exchanged. I have a clause that says everything has to come in writing. You cannot send me a voice note in WhatsApp with amends and expect me to pick those up. It ain't going to happen. If you want to give me feedback, you need to put it in an email. And I imagine that's going to be the case for most of us here because we're picking up emails at weird times and, you know, 1am on a Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we can think of butt saving as saving your butt from being kicked in it, right? Mm -hmm. But also some things can just be a pain in the butt. <laughs> some of these things are just niggling things, mm. which actually it would be better just for everybody if they're there. In it. Mm. So it's saving your butt from pain rather mm. than utter demolition kicking. Have we covered all the things? I don't think we have covered all the things. I think it's just important to reinforce that having a contract is a really good idea. And I know I sound like your mum, but it's also a really good, good idea when you have your own family and like, you know, people are depending on your income and whatnot. One wouldn't not have like life insurance. One wouldn't not protect ourselves in other ways. So why not get a contract written up? Do you know what I love is the fact that, yes, this email says what butt-saving clauses have people got in their clients' contracts. We have people listening. So please do uh, leave a comment on this. Come in to the Doing It For The Kids community and leave a comment when Frankie posts this or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Drop Frankie an email. I don't care however it gets to us so that we can read this comment out next time because I'm, particularly if you work in right, WordPress yeah. and web development and stuff, maybe there's things you've come up against and it would be really useful to share those next time around. Oh, and questions. We always need a question. So you can do like Morena did and send us a question for us to read out. But unlike Morena, it can be anonymous if it needs to be. And before this episode, Steve went back to watch himself talk about <laughs> contracts in a course that he wrote. True story. <laughs> yes, there is the course, How to Get Started Being Freelance. Contracts is obviously part of that, proposals, NDAs, but also finding work, dealing with clients. All of that is in there. Um, so, yeah, I must admit, I did go back and watch that. It's a good video. Like Steve, you can learn from Steve. And the last time we did an episode, I said that the community would be open to everybody after half term. Yes, it's been a while since half term, and I can confirm that the community is now open to all. You should totally come in. The tea is warm. No, the tea isn't warm. The tea is lukewarm, maybe even microwave four times. Um, so if you want to come in, go to doingitforthekids.net. All the information on there, or you can contact me on all the socials and I can answer any questions that you have. 
I used to do my accounts bookkeeping in an Excel sheet and I used to do it quarterly. So that wasn't quite so painful. But then I, I got a new metal bank account. So I got free free agent. And then I think I naively was like, oh, now I'm doing it through free agent. It'll be really easy and I don't need to worry about it. Riveting chat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, useful. <laughs> what if somebody just thought, yeah, I feel that, Frankie. I should mm. also do Finance Friday. Right. And I, I should also digitize my bookkeeping because yeah. making tax digital is coming. So hard to say. Making tax digital. If I was getting married to making tax digital, right, and I had to say, I, Francesca Carmen Totora, take you making tax. <laughs> I just feel like I'd fuck it up. <laughs> You say there's no way I'm taking your name. Yeah, exactly. 